All right. Welcome in, everyone. You're listening to the Final Score podcast, uh, week two of the podcast uh, being back, and we're uh, very excited about that. I uh, heard some good things about last week's episode with uh, with Kevin Kendro, so we appreciate everyone uh, tuning in. Uh, Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you, and uh, week one of the high school football season is in the books. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that. And our, our guest uh, on this week's program is Frederick High football coach uh, Kevin Perry. Uh, the the uh, cadets had a very nice win over Aberdeen High School at home on Friday night, so they got off uh, to a good start uh, with their season. Uh, they have a big challenge uh, this week against Middletown, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how they stack up in a game like that. But a good start for Coach Perry and the cadets, and we'll ask him about that and then just uh, about uh, having the spring season and just, just his outlook on, on his team uh, this year and, and, and just what this crazy last uh, year and a half has been like uh, for uh, Coach Perry. So we look forward to having him on in a few minutes. Uh, but we'll start with our uh, what was and what is to be segment. Uh, John Cannon uh, is here with me once again. John, how are you doing? Uh, fine. Fine. Uh, so, so week one of the high school football season is in the books. Uh, we're about to uh, d- dive in full throttle, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, at the back end of this week with, with all sports uh, really getting underway. We had tournaments and uh, cross-country invitationals and stuff over the weekend, but, but things really get in earnest at the back end of this week. Um, but uh, what were your impressions uh, uh, from week one of the high school football season? I, I, I know you saw Brunswick and South Carroll. How, how did how did Brunswick and their new freshman quarterback look? Well, I mean, they lost, um, and he's a freshman quarterback. But that said, I mean, you could see there's something there, especially when you consider he's a freshman. Decent size, made some nice throws, missed some throws, um, threw a really nice touchdown pass um, to uh, Michael Souders, who's a heck of an athlete for them. They also, uh, Brunswick used Souders uh, in the wildcat formation as well. Uh, so he did some good things, and uh, there's something there to build on. So and being 1A, I mean, yeah, by the end of the year, I'd like to see where they are. Yeah, sh- should be in the playoffs. Why don't you think? I mean, and they'll be very competitive and win a lot of games against teams uh, that are on their level, right? That that 1A level, they should be very competitive, right? Yeah, because, I mean, South Carroll, I mean, that quarterback of theirs, he, he made some really fine plays. I mean, um, I want to say he's a senior, but he, uh, he was very good at thinking on his feet. When plays broke down, he just extended them and – and found a way to make make uh, passes, completions, even ran the ball, and so yeah, they had their hands full. But uh, against the one a other one a teams, meh. I'd like to see what they do. Yeah, I, I think the county got off to a, a, a pretty good start. Um, uh, Brunswick, I, I think, acquitted themselves well, even though they didn't win. Frederick won, and, and uh, Urbana had a had a very nice win uh, over uh, uh, Richard Montgomery uh, to, to start their season. Ligonor, as you would expect. Um, uh, cru- cruised over Kenwood, uh, Middletown, and Tuscarora in the only county game. Uh, Middle Middletown uh, dominated that one uh, w- 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 with their defense uh, mm-hmm. as well as their running game. Um, uh, the Tuscarora, as we talked about last week, might might struggle a bit um, uh, this season. Uh, uh, TJ was competitive against North Hagerstown uh, in, uh, in, in a loss. I was at Oakdale and South Hagerstown in Oakdale. Um, uh, really, I, I, I felt sort of got back on track uh, w- w- with the dominant win over South. They have a great um, sophomore player, uh, Evan Austin, uh, who's sort of a do-it-all running back, receiver, athlete for them on offense, and he, mm-hmm. um, as, as well as defense. Yeah, he had a pick six uh, return for a touchdown and in addition to scoring two offensive touchdowns. Uh, he's a kid that um, did, did not play last year. No one played, but he opted out of school. 
uh, after getting hurt as a freshman. Uh, so he still has three years of eligibility left, and I, I think Evan Austin will be one of the bright new faces on the county scene this year uh, for Oakdale. And uh, Catoctin, uh, I, I think they played Boonesboro tough. That's typically a game Catoctin would win. Um, but but did, did anything else really strike you about um, week one of the high school football season? Frederick's win caught my eye. Uh, I'd like to see them. I mean, they uh, I mean, last year they made some strides, and really the last couple of years. Um, so they, uh, yeah, they, that's, they could be a team to watch. Of course, tough one this week with Middletown, but... Right, yeah, and we're going to talk to Coach Perry about this. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Mativia, a, a player that didn't play for them last year uh, due to personal reasons. Uh, he came back and, and had over 200 yards and I, I believe three touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in that game for Frederick against Aberdeen. So I agree with you. That, that, was, that, was, sort of the, that was sort of the standout uh, uh, performance uh, of, of the week on the high school football scene. Um, I'm wondering if, if we, I think we hit pretty, pretty much uh, everyone in, in, in the county. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, St. John's and MSD. St. John's had a tough one against Friends School. That, that game was pushed back a day. And I, I think St. John's could be competitive in some games, um, but it might take them a while to get the, their footing under their new coach. MSD, as they typically do in season openers, they rolled uh, to mm-hmm. a, a win over uh, Rappahannock and, and those two teams play each other. Play each other this week, so that'll be a a good barometer uh, uh, for each uh, for each team. Yeah, uh, this coming Friday, uh, St. John's and MSD, and then you have a couple of big games. I I, I think John, you, uh, you have the Frederick Middletown game, which should be interesting, and you also have Oakdale and Walkersville, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, which should be a very uh, uh, competitive game too. Absolutely, Oakdale is Walkersville, and they have, don't they have Middletown working on the schedule pretty soon after that? Some good right. early season matchups. Yeah, uh, I think Oakdale, their schedule is just monstrous this year. They mm-hmm. have uh, um, South Hagerstown, which is typically a playoff team. They're they're down mm-hmm. a little bit this year. Walkersville. Middletown, Ligonor. I, I think that then they play Fort Hill, which mm. is a 1A juggernaut. They play Gwen Park, which is a very good 3A to 4A school. So mm. Oakdale, I think, has by far the, the toughest schedule in the county. Uh, they played Walkersville. Walkersville has uh, gotten the better of them in, 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 in uh, recent matchups, including last year where Walkersville um, got after that really nice start before losing twice to Middletown. Remember seeing them in the playoffs? Uh, I think it was about two years ago, where uh, Oakdale went for it on fourth down, came down to the wire, and Walkersville stopped them. Great game. Yeah, this is a, that's always a good game. Uh, Sherwood, uh, typically a strong state power, they they play Urbana, and and Urbana's got a lot of players back from from last year's team. Uh, they're they're missing their uh, quarterback from last year, a, a four-year starter in Kyle House, and they're missing their great running back, Eric Kolar, um, who's graduated as well. But but most of the rest of the team is back. So I, so I, I think Urbana could be one of those under-the-radar really, really strong teams uh, last year because even though their record wasn't the greatest in the spring, they, they were competitive mm-hmm. in most all of their games, in, including uh, two games against uh, Ligonor. So Sherwood at Urbana, that, that, that could be intriguing. I'll correct myself. Actually, Oakdale went for two in the playoffs. Yeah. Memory's not what it used to right. be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mountain Ridge and Catoctin can can Catoctin sort of get on 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 track against? Did, wh- did you see Mountain Ridge's score last week? They beat. Um, let me see if I get this right because I, I read this. They beat, played Southern of Garrett. They won. I think it was eighty four to nothing. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I I did, I did not see that yeah. score. So so Catoctin better bring their bring their defense <laughs> uh, th- th- this week. Um, so, so I'm sure Coach Rich uh, will be uh, will be uh, j- trying to get them uh, uh, squared away uh, there. 
Um, another interesting, sort of interesting game, uh, TJ at Brunswick. I mean, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jerry Smith, uh, the Brunswick head coach, uh, faces off against his former team. Uh, TJ, again, we, we'd heard some good things about North Hagerstown going into the season, and TJ was competitive uh, with them last week. So um, so that, that, that could be a, v- a very uh, interesting game, uh, mm-hmm. too. Um, Ligonor um, is at Westminster, and, and, and you would expect them to roll, so... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's sort of, sort of nice just to just to have band marching bands back and fans in the stands, and it, it's sort of a normal atmosphere. That's what it sort of struck me about last week is it it felt normal. I mean, the, the, the the stadiums were packed, and um, uh, it, it it seemed like like it should. <laughs> what I like about football is each week uh, during a normal season you learn more week after week after week, and by the time you get to week nine, week ten. You have a lot of knowledge, you know, but you didn't get that last spring they got to play, but you didn't have that type of setup. You know, you had a five, six week thing. Some some teams didn't have that many games because of COVID. So you never really got that week to week progression where you learned more and teams got better and better and figured things out, you know, in one week to the next. Right. Uh, some other sports. Uh, boys soccer uh, gets underway in earnest uh, later in the week. Uh, TJ plays at South Carroll, North Hagerstown, Brunswick, Urbana, Middletown, uh, two typically strong boys soccer mm-hmm. teams uh, squaring off in the opener. The girls uh, also play Urbana and Middletown, and, and they're typically two of the stronger girls programs too. Uh, Walkersville uh, plays Tuscarora uh, in, 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 in soccer this week. Uh, volleyball. Um, Frederick at Catoctin, Urbana and Middletown, Oakdale at Williamsport. Boy, boy, that, that's an interesting volleyball matchup too. Typical uh, Oakdale is now a three A school, but but they were really um, the two two A powers in in recent years in volleyball. Right. And uh, so, so those uh, teams square off. Um, and uh, field hockey. I, I know you saw Middletown today. Uh, they they opened up against Westminster, and, and Westminster is always the state power. So that's a tough uh, first match. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Tough but, opponent. But but Urbana will will will, will be oh, Ligonor uh, has has been very good in field hockey in in, in recent years. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean the first uh, full week um, of of high school um, sports is underway. So. I uh, look forward to reporting on uh, on that uh, this week, and uh, and we'll we'll t- we'll talk about it more next week. Uh, John, thanks for coming on, mm-hmm. and uh, when we come back, uh, we'll we'll chat with Frederick High football coach Kevin Perry. Stay tuned, everyone. We are back here on the final score, and last Friday, the Frederick High football team opened the season with a 44-30 victory over visiting Aberdeen High School. Out of Harford County, uh, the coach of the cadets is uh, Kevin Perry, who we are very pleased to welcome back onto the program here. How are you, Kevin? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, w- what was last Friday night like for you and your players? Um, it was, it was, it was great. Um, it's nice to be even more back than we were in the spring. Um, good to kind of see it all going into action, going into full speed in a full game, and and exciting for the kids and coaches. It, does it feel like things are getting back to normal? I mean, I've, I've been asking this question a lot. Yeah, a whole lot more. Um, still some minor things hanging around and obviously concerns everywhere as far as how we're feeling and, and health-wise, how everyone's doing. But overall, the game is, is back to normal. We're no longer distance on the sideline. We no longer have masks on. So back, a lot more normal for us this year. I'll hit you with a pretty general question uh, uh, to start off here. Uh, what, what, what should people know about your football team? 
Um, we're different. We're, we're different this year in that we have a lot more talent. We have a lot more skill. We have a lot more, a lot more kids. Um, it's the best numbers that we've had in my seven years there. Um, well, why do you think that is? I'll, I'll stop you right there. Um, parts of it is word of mouth. We had a relatively successful fall and then that spring we, we were pretty, pretty good. Um, a lot more word of mouth, a lot more kids excited about the program. Um, and then, I mean, part of it is some kids sat in their house for a year and a half while yeah. the pandemic hit. So yeah. they were pushed Ty- outside there. Tired of being cooped up, right? Yeah, L- yeah, L- L- looking for something to do. Parents might be pushing their kids outside a little bit more nowadays. <laughs> H- have you noticed the interaction with the kids is, is, is different? I mean, um, these guys haven't been able to see their friends uh, for a long time or really hang out with their friends for a long time. It, 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 does it seem nor- is it business as usual or does it seem a little different the interactions we're, we're getting there it's not quite i mean those first couple of days the kids were still buried in their phones and still very quiet and 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 to themselves but we're, we're getting back and and again that brotherhood that that is built is starting to grow a little bit more yeah uh you guys were uh two and two during the spring season what, what, what do you feel the spring season did for your program so uh, one, it allowed us to play. Um, not all programs throughout the country got to play, so it allowed us to to give our kids some shine. Um, we were very young. We graduated five. We graduated six. So it was kind of a, a, a true spring ball for us because we knew that this year was going to be a lot stronger. Um, graduating six, we knew that we deserved to give those kids their kind of final send off, um, and then make sure that we got ready for this fall. And when you started practice, I believe it was August 11th or so, you, you felt you were a little ahead of the curve from where you would normally be. Yeah, normally we'd be we'd be doing some install stuff at 7-on-7 seven seven throughout the summer. We'd be doing a lot more install in, in the beginning of the preseason. But having that spring so close, the kids retained a lot of that knowledge. We returned almost all of our starters with the exception of four. Um, so they were ready to go. We just needed to fix some things and adjust some things to fit our our offense and our defense. So. Do you think the football will be better just across the county because there wasn't that big gap between between seasons? Uh, uh, I, I think you said kids didn't have as much time to maybe forget stuff that that be, because um, there is a gap from when the season ends typically in uh, November, early December for most teams, and then off seasons programs start in January. So there's that little gap there. Yeah, and, and I think it's level the playing field for some teams like. Old Frederick High teams, we would struggle keeping that that same terminology, and it was always a conversation every year between our coaching staff trying to figure out what things to keep, what things to replace. And up until about two years ago, it was always like, all right, well, the kids won't remember anything, so why bother keep it the same? Um, but like I said before, we kind of have a new crop of kids and a new um, football IQ that that is up. So it might take some of the teams that struggle to retain that type of knowledge and, and kind of keep it flowing a little bit easier. Uh, this is year six or year seven for your Frederick seven County? is my seventh year. Do you yeah. feel like a grizzled vet? Uh, I'm exhausted, <laughs> but I'm also coaching four-year-old flag football, so that's the, probably the most exhausting part. But uh, yeah, I was going to say the bigger source of exhaustion is working yeah, with, yeah. No, working with the, the, the young kids. Yeah, right? it's a lot of fun, um, a lot more herding cats. But um, I, during the COVID, it was exhausting, and, and you missed out on a lot of the downtime where you make friends and, and you get to mentor and you get to do all those things that you build those relationships. So that COVID season was probably the most frustrating for me and my coaches because we didn't have the time that we all enjoy. Um, we didn't have before practice time, busting chops with the kids and checking in on the kids. We didn't have that opportunity because we were rushing them on the field, rushing them off the field, had them line up, doing surveys, social distance, all that. Um, so now we're starting to get that back, and it's making football feel more than football like it always should have been. Most coaches feel they really benefited from having the, the spring season, where, where you're normally just doing seven-on-seven, seven, right. weightlifting and stuff. You're actually playing 
sanctioned right. games, I mean, which was great for for everyone. Mm-hmm. The, the one downside you said it was, on, it was only a six week season. Yeah, and then we had our our issue, and we had to miss two games, so we only got four games in for. And there was a great group of seniors. Like I said, we had six. Four of them we sent to play college ball, and they only got four games. And so we probably we had kids that were just starting to click game three for us, where if yeah. they played the full six or played a full nine games, they would have been. Uh, that much better uh, that's what i was gonna ask because you got some kids up the up to up the speed where, where they should be and then all of a sudden the season was over right. so, so that so that was like your one regret is you couldn't work with these kids a little longer right right so um well uh, you have a lot you have a lot of kids back um uh, on your on your team this season how much does that help it's huge um the just the relationship that we have the coaches knowing the players that the expectations get to grow a little bit they get to build on top of each other um, the continuity between the players. We returned our whole offensive line, so those guys know their their left and right is exactly as is. Um, we return a quarterback who got to play some last year. We return a couple of receivers. All of we just returned so many players, so they can look at each other and they know they've been playing together the last what is it now four or five? If you count scrimmages, seven games. Did, so. did that accelerate the the learning curve for sure as well? Just where you guys normally would be at the time of year, not not only the spring season, but just your your experience you bring back for yeah. sure. And again, those kids that first year playing might have been in the spring, and there was a bunch of kids that their first time ever playing football was in the spring, and those kids got to learn football. But now they actually get to put it into action in a full season. Uh, one one of your players that is uh, getting the most notoriety in recruiting circles and just just. There, people are impressed watching him play. Is uh, is uh, Trayvon Neal, uh, uh, your your corner and your receiver? Tell us about Trayvon. So Trayvon is from the first day I met him and driving him to seven on seven or wherever we were going. He was, I've never been thanked so many times by a kid and and a rising ninth grader who just thank you, coach. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for everything. Thanks, blah blah blah. Shake a hand and then go. And it was like, man, this kid's special. And then seeing him play, it was like. This kid is going to be special. As a freshman, he uh, was first-team all-county as a corner. He had a pick-six against Linganore in our first playoff game that we played in in 15 years. Um, he just has every everything you want is is in that kid, and you just wish he was an inch taller, 20 pounds heavier. And he would do that. He'd jump right in the weight room and do it everything everything that needs to be done. But it can't, you can't say enough about a kid like that. Yeah, I mean, what is it about him that allows him to be so confident in in in, in new situations, like a playoff game against Lignore? He's he's he feels like he belongs, he just, and he's returning interceptions for touchdowns. He just has that moxie that you just it's. We watched him play in our youth league, and he played all the way through our youth league. He has that ability to rise to big occasions, and even if it's brand new territory for him, he's ready. And and. Corner is his stronger position, or is that where colleges are looking at him? Because he, he is getting some D one looks. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's got a couple schools on the hook. Um, corner more so, but they they know he's his athletic ability and his ball skills. So you pr- traditionally, when you recruit a player, your best athlete you're recruiting is a corner, because he's got to be able to run full speed backwards and cover that receiver who's running full speed forward. He's a receiver. So, he's the mirror image of, right. of of the receiver. Right. So he's he's got to do a lot. So they're recruiting him as a corner, but they also know they're like, yeah, we know he can play receiver too, but we like him as a corner. Is kind of the response we're getting from colleges. Where does he help you the most? I mean, obviously on both sides of the ball, but he's your number one receiver too. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to say. It depends on the week. If they have a if they have a monster receiver that we need to shut down, it's an easy answer. If if they have uh, a weak defensive backfield, then we're gonna play them at receiver and get them the ball as often as possible. 
Right. Uh, you mentioned your quarterback uh, has gotten um, some time under center previously mm-hmm. prior to this year. Your, your quarterback is Brian uh, Mabuthia. Is that how Brian you Mbuthia. 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 Yeah. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about Brian. So Brian is another kid that tremendous leadership equality, qualities whenever like every kid looks up to him, regardless of whether he's saying things or doing things, he's always got the attention of the team. Um, I think he is kind of one of those bigger recruiters and He's that type of kid that has high expectations in the offseason and that carries him into the field. Um, and he's going to – he throws any college size NFL football, high school size football, he makes it sound like a Nerf football. He makes that thing whistle. Um, so he's got the, the things you can't coach. He's got the height. And then he just has a, a football IQ that it's up there. Yeah, but vocal leader or what's his personality like? Um, he's more he's more quiet, um, <clears throat> but he's not afraid to jump some down somebody's throat when they when they need to. Um, he's not afraid to tell people to be quiet, get in the huddle, get on the line, and and he's 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 a team player, but he's he's more quiet. Yeah, what are your what are your linemen like? Um, so our left tackle is a three year starter, Tyler Hovey, uh, six six three twenty five. Um, he's bounced around to some college camps and he's, he's going to get some looks here. Um, our center, Adam Mosoff, 4.7 GPA, four year starter. He's got offers from Washington and Lee, a couple other schools for football. And then he's got an offer to throw shot put at West Point. Um, our right tackle, Mateo Tamanez, he's about 6'4, 265, 270. And he's another bright kid that is as athletic as they can be. He's a swimmer. Um, and then our guards he's a, were, he's a swimmer. Yeah. yeah he, probably, he probably, if he does a cannonball, it's probably a big, big <laughs> splash. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then our guards, we kind of have a couple kids. We've been rotating through those, through those spots right now. Uh, Dalton Ledreau is a two year starter for us. Um, right guard. We have Anthony Gonzalez, who was a two year starter for us, came through our JV. Um, Tyson Wilson, an underclassman who's getting some reps. R.J. Scott, who's getting some guard time and some tight end time, so we we have a good lineup that we're rotating through. A lot of guys playing both ways, or um... not really, not on the line. So our two way starters, we only have Trayvon, and that's about it. And that and that speaks to your numbers, right? Yeah, they're they're yeah. able to keep kids just in, in, one, in one position. And then yeah. Chris Mativia. We have two true two way starters, and then we have other guys that rotate in and out of spots, different personnel packages, and we can spell right. them here and there. So it it, it seems like this. Frederick team and you you've gotten to the program to the point where you guys can hold your own in the trenches where where more previous Frederick teams couldn't necessarily do that against the Ligonors and the Middletowns and the really strong teams right uh, in the county and elsewhere is that the biggest difference for you guys you guys are able to hold your own along the line of scrimmage um we've always we've had years where we've had a lot of size but we just didn't have the same football IQ or the football tenacity that that you need um our kids will get after it. Tyler was on, I think, TikTok. He had like six pancakes, and they were counting them up and having a good time with them. Um, Adam Mosall just loves getting after it, and if even if he makes a mistake, he's going to try and bury that kid and make the mistake to, the way we ask him to. So, so it sounds like you got some competitiveness yeah. going on with with the linemen in terms of videos and, sure. and TikTok, and, and then you get and, kids that are like, "Huckleberry wasn't up there," and it's like. Because man, you had three pancakes. He had six. It's your turn next week, right? Right, right. And and then he could, he could make make up for it uh, yeah. uh, in a in a future game. It sounds like this group is a lot of fun to coach. Yeah, they can be, and they're high school kids, so they have their days. Um, but yeah, they're a lot of fun. They they get after it. They get after each other. And the biggest thing that we're trying to teach them as as young men is just how to take these lessons and move forward with them, and how to how to take them into careers and, and being a father and being a coach and being a dad one day and, and all that type of stuff. So 
it's it's taking these football lessons that they're learning and just kind of expanding upon them, which has really benefited them so far. Is is this the best team you've had at Frederick High so far? Yeah, athletically for sure. F- football wise, I uh, just yeah did, for did, sure did, yeah did, all around. Yeah. Um, there's a couple spots like if we had just a little bit more um, football IQ in some specific positions that would kind of answer all of our questions, but we're getting there. Yeah, I, I mean. It, how have expectations changed? Uh, what do you guys talk about as, as a group in terms of setting goals and stuff now that you guys have gotten to this point? So uh, our expectations, I mean, starting out my career here, at first it was win, 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 and uh, I learned just, very quickly. Just win, just win a game, right? Yeah, yeah, I learned very quickly. You had to kind of cut it down to smaller battles. Um, so we've kind of expanded upon that. We take those smaller battles, and we still focus on those smaller battles, and now they just amount to more. And we raise those battles to be higher expectations. And instead of just getting to your man, it's now you need to successfully block that man. And now you need to bury him and get to the next level. And now you need to hit your gap, but you need to hit that cutback as well. So we're just kind of, it's an individual position group approach that they just, their expectations grow so much that, and we hope it hits the scoreboard the right way. So everything's more advanced now now than it was. You guys are five to ten steps ahead of where you were for sure, uh, for sure. A, a, like we, a few years ago we look at some of the teams on film and even looking at our jv we're like man that that team is where we were five years ago and and even i look back when i was first year and, and looking at the talent we had and, and the schemes that we had i was like man and hmm, I, I i didn't have any talent like that like we have now like there were some talented kids that came through the program but nothing like the the complete program that we have right now does it feel gratifying for you that you've taken the program from from being barely being able to win a game to, to where you guys are now yeah yeah and I, i'm still young i still have a lot more winning that i want to accomplish so i'm still not fully satisfied yet but it does feel a lot better that the team is is more prepared to take those higher challenges right yeah i mean let's let's take last friday for example everyone looks at the score they don't know many details about the game 44 30 hey frederick played great yeah. they, they won but but you guys weren't completely thrilled coming out of that no, game you mentioned no, we, in practice we played the other day. three quarters that were tremendous football um, and I think Aberdeen's a great football team. I think they're going to be a playoff team down the road here for for their area. Um, but we played three solid quarters, and then we had some some different issues that we need to fix, and and we ran into a little depth issues at at a couple positions that I think we've addressed this week. So, um, yeah, we won. Yes, we're happy with the win. We're not fully happy because we knew we could do better, and the kids know that, and the coaches know that. Yeah, you gave up what sixteen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so so it was sort of a stumble to the finish did you kids right. let off the gas a little bit or, or um, like happened? i said we had some depth issues where like we we tried to sub a guy and then we had the wrong kid following through and and maybe we needed to switch position we had some some cramping issues as as typically happens early in the season like that that a couple of kids couldn't quite finish the game because they didn't take care of themselves beforehand but so hi- hydrating has been the big message this week or yeah, yeah, yeah. right and, and we've been pushing it so hard and the kids seem to have taken it to an, to a whole new level carrying water jugs like i've always encouraged them to do like i've always done so um that seems like they're taking that challenge too doesn't it show uh the growth of the program that you guys are now not just happy to win a game it, it, it how you win matters too yeah yeah i mean it says a lot when before it was uh walking off the field talking to an administrator like what'd you think and they're like hey you scored like right now yeah. it's like the, the the administrator who's been by my side the whole time is like 
what happened here, here, here. And like, they're just as critical. And it's like, yeah, we got to do better. So now it's, yeah, we won. Good job. But that's not the final expectation. We know we got to continue to improve and get better for next. And, and it seems like the kids have sensed that the bar has been mm-hmm. raised. Um, too. And again, they're, so. they're excited to score. They're excited to win. But they also walk off the field like, man, I left something out there. I could have done better. Yeah. Well, where, where does that show up in film or do they know it right away or, um, um it's kind of both. Um, right away is obvious, especially when we let up 16 points in the fourth quarter. Um, but then film goes the extra mile and shows them every little detail, the smaller missed assignments going left step first instead of right step, but we can break it down. pretty. Yeah, the, the, the film doesn't lie as, right. they, as, as they say. So, uh, you mentioned, uh, Chris, uh, Mativia. he, he, uh, you, you mentioned in practice the other day, uh, for personal reasons, he did not play last year. W- w- what has it been like to have Chris, uh, back in the fold here? Uh, since the day he showed up and he made a joke when, uh, we ran on the seven on seven field together when he first came on and he was joking like oh they should have never let me back on this field because he's a he's a dangerous kid football wise like he can make the big plays he also has the knowledge and the ability and the the moxie like I said before where he's gonna go on and do everything he can to make the play successful yeah I mean what was what was like just uh get him back on the field and, and just to watch him run, run the ball again uh, for it, it you. Was, it was great. And, and we really missed him. And, and he was great for us his sophomore year. He, he started and played a lot his freshman year. And, and he's been a kid that ever since his freshman year, he's been a, a grown man playing football. Um, and now he's out there at 17 years old, looking every part of, of a college bound football athlete where he's six foot one, 190 pounds. And, and he's making 221 yards in a game. And, yeah, that's, that, that's one of your best rushing performances right, ever, right? Yeah. As yeah. far as I've been on staff, I think it's my best that we yeah. ever when I've been around. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you look at Chris, he's a big kid. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. I mean, how would you like to tackle that in the open field? I mean, so, I ain't afraid yeah. of Chris, but right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's uh, he's a tough kid to bring down. And like I said, he had this swagger his sophomore year where he was like, "I'm the best in the county. You need to try and stop me." And it was like, you, all right, you, you, if, don't you need, don't you need guys yeah, like you, that on you your team? You need that yeah. attitude, and you right. need that. But and there's some kids where it's like, all right, kid, you need, that's not really you. But Chris, it was like every opportunity he touches the ball, he carries it like he's the best running back in the county, and he gives it everything he has. Yeah, and, and it seems like he's willing to be a leader and hold people accountable too. You mentioned the other day, he's not, he's, sure. he's, he's, not, he's not scared to hold people's feet to the fire. No, no, yeah. and he he's like, and and I don't want to say he's a, a coach's player because he's he's more than that. He's not like a hey, Chris, go tell these kids they need to do that. He would just turn and do it. And, like, if a kid starts to respond negatively, they would coach, he's the first one to jump on him and correct the behavior and, and get it right. And we're just like, all right, cool. That's, that's one less thing I got to yell about today. I mean, like we said, we need these guys. But who has more swagger, uh, Trayvon or, or, or Chris? Or is it neck is it neck and neck? It's, they're, they're, they're different so Chris is uh, the difference is maturity Trayvon's still a goofball he's still a junior he's still a 16 year old kid whereas Mativia is he's so much more mature and, and they both can be goofballs at time but it's just like the the level of maturity and seriousness is a lot higher with Chris right uh, making the playoffs two years ago when we had playoffs obviously we did it in the spring well how big a deal was that for your guys? Um, it was it was huge. Um, it was kind of all that hard work that we had put into that point kind of paid off, and it gave us an opportunity that we hadn't had since I've been there in, in the last 15 years. Um, and it gave us a look, and, and even in that first quarter against Linganore, we were had a tight game, and we were looking at each other like, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, but it, it kind of set our sights on what we wanted to have last, last fall, and what we have now is like, we can get there now the next the next opportunity is when we take the next step and not only do we get there but we win and we continue down that path right so so you're one and oh now uh this week the challenge gets uh, considerably more difficult uh you have one of the best teams in the county middletown just 
how do you look at that challenge and how are your guys embracing that challenge? Um, I mean, I've been saying it all along. There's, we are one of the more talented and athletic teams in the county. It's just, it's always been, this year has always been Frederick first. We need to worry about us. Um, we can't worry about Middletown and all their history. We need to worry about Middletown this year. We can't worry about anything else that's going on in the county. We need to worry about fixing us because even in that Aberdeen game, we had too many mistakes that were our control that we let go. So if we fix us, we feel pretty good about any opponent we have this year. Right. Uh, on a personal note, how how's the last year and a half been for you? How how did you and the family get get through the pandemic? It, it's been uh, it's been tough. Um, again, those relationships that you typically have, and and that's the reason why we get into coaching and teaching is is the relationship piece and. That's why I got into it. I got into it for that exact reason because I had someone who who connected with me and, and made me the person I am because I had coaches like that. Um, so missing out on that time was frustrating. It was it was you didn't know what tomorrow was going to look like, what next week was going to look like. So that whole time off was granted. It was great to be home with the family with my four year old and my now six month old who was born during the pandemic. So it's it's been good to spend some time at home, but the the part of my work that I live for staring at a computer screen was it was exhausting it was horrible I'd be honest how big did the beard get uh, during the pandemic um, it, I, cut, I cut it off pretty early oh you did I cut it off early in the pandemic um no I'm just just having fun with it I don't know <laughs> oh you, you, you're gonna let, let it grow out until you guys uh, make the playoffs maybe or? I don't yeah. know I haven't decided my wife bought me this beard straightener that I tried out once and I was like that actually is a game changer I might keep it for longer now <laughs> right you, you're you're a power lifter aren't you Kevin? I, I competed yeah. I don't know that I'll compete again but I have a state record in Pennsylvania and Maryland yeah how, how'd you get into powerlifting? Uh, I've always been into it and in lifting in high school. I was always one of the stronger benchers and my brother got into it when he was in college. And then I just kind of saw him doing it. And I was like, especially during the pandemic, there's nothing else to do. So yeah. I just kind of got in my gym in my basement and started getting up and getting ready for it. Well, I mean, you answered my question. I was going to ask if you've been able to maintain your, your weight program yeah. during the pandemic. Well, you say you have a, you have weights in your basement yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, so. not having anything else to do with my, my life. I've worked on my master's. I worked with my kids and my wife and my family. And then I was like, let me just go down the weight. You go from spending so much time in football where it's like I work 40 hours a week. I do football for 40 hours a week. And then it goes to nothing. Like I had school for some hours once we started up again. What am I going to do with the rest of my time? I played video games for two days, and I was just like – You're bored, right? Yeah, I'm texting kids on the team trying to stay in contact, but I don't have any answers for them. So it was like almost more defeating to reach out to kids on our team. When are we back? Like, I don't know. Just keep in touch. So I was like, all right, let me go down and get some of this this time in in the weight room down in my garage. What's your personal best on, on the bench press? Um, in training, I did 585 for a single in my basement with no, no spotter. And then in the 585 meet. with no spotter. Yeah. Are, aren't you worried that this thing could come so I have the rack cra crashing Perf down on me? I, if it does, it's going to be more traumatic than any. <laughs> I had the rack set up to a point where the only way it was going to happen is if I broke both my arms. But don't tell my wife. Um, and then I hit 570 in the, in the meet I did in July. Yeah. Oh, so you've recently uh, competed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I hold the Pennsylvania super heavyweight record in in Pennsylvania for a set in July. I mean, how do you become a a, a power lifter? You just is it just putting a lot of weight on the bar and yeah. and, and just going? Nutrition I mean, is a big part. I put on, gosh, I I was three hundred and twenty two pounds when I competed there, and now I'm already down to two seventy five. So it was 
I was drinking a gallon of chocolate milk a day and eating ice cream every night. Like I was packing on as much weight as I could. So, so you could eat whatever you want. Yeah, which was more exhausting because I couldn't tie my shoes. And then once football started up, I couldn't even maintain walking with these kids. So I've been able to get my weight packed down now. Right. I mean, how, how quickly do you lose the weight? I mean, once I stopped drinking a gallon of chocolate milk a day, it was pretty quick to come off. But after that, my natural body weight's not that high. I just pushed up there to try and make that weight class. Right. Is it hard to do that? Drink a gallon of chocolate? Did you really have to force that down? It was delicious. Um, it, it, it did get exhausting. It did get to be a lot after you, a while. But you probably have the strongest bones of, of anyone. I would uh, hope so. <laughs> uh, uh, drinking all that milk and all that, yeah. all that, all that calcium. Yeah, so I would hope so. I hope so. So you're not you're not going to break a bone any anytime I hope not. soon. So. <laughs> Um, and do you do other, uh, lifts as well, or is it just a bench was, pretty much? I was set to do a, uh, a full powerlifting meet in February, right before the pandemic. But then I had, uh, an injury that I couldn't do. Uh, I had a hernia, so I couldn't do any lower body lifts. Um, do, do, do you, do you squat or, um, I do, but I don't do really for weight. I just kind of do it for more leg development around my bench. Right. So, so being as, uh, knowledgeable as you are in the weightlifting area, how do you advise your, your players uh, during the summer and stuff or during the off season when they're lifting? So uh, when they get in there, it's, it's a great environment because I mean, I can jump down and show them everything they need to see. And I can, I have advices for every possible mechanical thing that happens in the lift do you guys do you, do you tailor a workout to everyone individually or are you guys just doing do you don't have time for that and you're just doing I, general workouts for position groups and so stuff we like do that? we yeah. do general for the team and then as i see things in in person with kids like trayvon and kids like chris who, who have a bright future and they have they have um weaknesses in certain areas i'll pull them aside and give them a couple extra hints and tips um, but some kids meeting them for the first time in the weight room is like all right you're just going to do what we do until i figure out so it is for the team, but then I'll kind of break down individually and talk to each kid. Um, the the frustrating point is they see me sometimes and they're like, I'll never get there, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's like you don't have to. I started with the bar just like you guys do. Like relax. It's Everyone gets there. It takes time. I've been lifting for 18 years now, so it's been it's been a long haul. But the for the kids, it's like just start slow. You're going to improve faster than I would. It took me a year and a half to put on 15 pounds on my bench. You'll put on sixty pounds overnight if you do it right. Right? Can anyone outlift you on on, on the team? I imagine. No. Oh God, no. Yeah. No. I, 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 I and was say, when that yeah. happens, I'm going to try again until I get injured. Well, so. I, I, I was going to say, well, that, um, that, that'll get the competitive juices yeah, flowing. Yeah. Mozal right? could probably yeah. out squat me right now just because of my injury. But other than that, I don't think anybody's got me. Right. I, did you really read up on? The, was it all just trial and error? You just threw yourself into doing it, or did you read up on it and study weightlifting so I, and stuff like that? Or I work with my brother. So when I stopped, I played two years college football. After I left college football, I got into powerlifting, which I think, or not bodybuilding, which I think helped me a lot in powerlifting because I was training individual muscle groups, and I was training not just for a big bench. I was training every muscle group, and I learned that mind muscle connection. That like you really focus on growing muscles, you really focus on squeezing muscles. So then when I turned into powerlifting, I was able to train all the little muscles as well as the big muscle groups and kind of keep it all moving up. Um, so instead of just hitting chest and bench every Monday, like most people do, I was able to train my deltoids and my rhomboid muscles and my back muscles and everything to kind of build it around my bench. And then I want, once I had my injury and my hernia, it was like, all right, now I'm just going to focus 100% on bench. 
the hamstrings, the glutes, everything that gets activated throughout the bench. I'm going to focus on building those muscles. So that, that, that's your primary exercise. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't do a whole lot. Correct. Um, I'll let my that. quads go. I'll let some other muscle groups go just because I was focusing on getting the biggest bench. I could. Have you ever been super shredded and ripped? Uh, so when I did my bodybuilding show when I was 21, I did, I was 192 pounds and I took third in that bodybuilding show. Is, is that as light, is that as light as you've been as an the adult? Last, or, the yeah. lightest number I remember other than that was in middle school. I was breaking 185 and felt like a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, right. it's about the, and, and I'm looking to get back there soon. I have this, this picture of my dad before he passed away or he was about a buck 65 and he looked like a shredded bodybuilder on stage, but Oh, he was. I'm, in, he I'm was trying in, to get back. He was never on stage. He just got real cut up no, one year. So. No, but but this weightlifting, it's it's in the family. It's in the genes yeah, a little bit. He yeah. wasn't really into the weightlifting portion. He just had good genetics, and and my brother got into weightlifting because he started playing high school football. So I got into it, and it's just kind of I've never left the weight room. Right. What well, what what's the biggest mistake people make lifting weights? Doing lifting too much. Um, it's kind of set it around their goals. A lot of people like, like I said, if you if you center your goals around just having the biggest bench, you're going to miss on other opportunities, other other muscle groups, other possible things you can be good at. And then the next thing is learning your genetics. So those guys, big tall guys with long arms, they're not going to be good benchers because their arms are too long for it. Yeah, they, I mean, be better off. Ke Ke Kevin Kevin Durant, the the NBA player, right. talked about that. He's like, guys, I'm not going to have a big bench because yeah, I'm. He'd I'm, have I'm, a I'm, great I'm, deadlift I'm, though because uh, he's got that arm length and those lever arms for that. But right. Yeah, but he, but he said, you guys expect me to have this big bench press, right. and it's not going to happen. I mean, with, I, with the I length got these of, short little arms. I had with, a 56-inch chest. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to yeah. move that bar. <laughs> right, so so genetically, just your physique yeah. your physique yeah. lends, lends itself to that too. But sure. um, when someone says they bench a certain amount, do you, do you believe them? Because everyone says, oh, I bench, I bench 350 and stuff like so that. I'll so I'll give them a quick eye test, and I'll look them up and down and be like, all right, and like I'll, I'll, within reasons. I mean, everyone rounds their numbers up, and, and I love when people ask my wife because she doesn't know my exact numbers. She'll just round up immediately. Um, but then you get kids like that. Everyone knows a guy, right? So I'll, they'll be like, oh, what's your best ever? And I'll be like, 570 in the meet. They're like, oh, I know a guy that's smaller than you, but he's stronger than you, and he did five pounds more than you. And I'm like – Sounds like a freak. I'd love to meet this guy. Um, but for the most part, especially when it comes to high school kids, I can give them an up and down and be like, ah, I know where you're at. I can get a pretty good idea from looking at them. How long does it take you to, to do that? A couple couple minutes? Or, if they're wearing yeah. sleeves, it takes me a little 30 <laughs> seconds longer. If they're not, I can, I can get a pretty good pretty good look right. pretty fast. And and like Because everyone, ooh, I could bench 350 yeah, or whatever. That's, that's the big ego thing. Right, yeah. I mean, they, they bench a lot more now. Is that doing it one time? Is it repping it? Uh, like, like the five seventy. Uh, that was one time. Uh, what, 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 what do you think you could rep? Oh, I don't even know. I, see, whenever they have those rep calculators, I was always better on the shorter numbers. So one, my run rep max is is higher than my three rep max would should be. Um, I think I did four fifty five for eight on my okay. best reps. Might have been nine. I can't remember. When you're training, are you just doing it just just one rep lifts and stuff like that? Or are you, are you, are you trying to rep weight? So as, I, I well? kind of float around. I, I'll build up to doing three reps and then two reps, and then I'll see where my one rep is at. And then I'll kind of recycle, and I'll go back down to eight and then six and then five and four and just kind of try and hit a new PR every single time. So that, right. that way it's interesting. That way I always have a goal I can reach. Um, but changing the the rep max, the rep range that I'm working in allows me to actually hit new numbers every time. And then I hit back offs where I back down the weight some and I'm just working on form and making sure I'm getting good squeezing in. And again, 
that mind muscle mind muscle connection to make sure I'm squeezing every muscle group and using everything the right way. Well, what's more important, the repping or just the, the the more weight on the bar? For average people and amateurs, the repping for powerlifters that and that's their sole purpose is the reps, the single rep. Right, and and you started with powerlifting in mind. I started with football in mind, then bodybuilding in mind, and again, I think that set the foundation because then I was never really working towards a high number. I was working toward higher reps and and volume, and then once I got into powerlifting, it was always the higher number. Right, and um, how often should people train, or does it depend on the person? Depends on the person, depends on their routine. If like one muscle group a week is is kind of the the common practice, so if you're going to hit chest once a week, that's fine. Um, but you got to hit it pretty heavy if you're only going to do it once a week. Yeah. Right? So or, yeah. I, the way I was doing it for a while was I was going chest once a week, but then I would do a heavy arm day where I was doing some bench like lifts um, that allowed me to get kind of a second bench day without doing it on purpose. Um, and then some people who have their nutrition dialed in where they're eating enough, they could probably get in two days a week of one one muscle group. And were, were you eating a, a ton too? I was and, eating 8,000 calories a day. 8,000 a day? Minimum. Wow. So, so you're drinking the chocolate milk and, and – The chocolate milk was just like the last three weeks because I, I needed to be a super heavyweight because I wanted to compete with my older brother's numbers, and I, I blew him out of the water. On and, first and, and you're not eating like chicken and fish. You're eating like pizza. I was and, eating everything I could. Right, yeah. and, and if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have eaten a little cleaner, um, but I was eating everything I could. There was 15,000 calorie day because I hit Burger King twice. Like I, I had some big days, and it was sickening at points, but um, – I was healthy for so long before that eating chicken and rice for so long in my life that I was like, I can do this for a year or two. I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, is, is the diet eating clean? Do you, is it, does it matter for power lifters or it matters how much weight you want to pack on. So if you want to be a, a sloppier heavyweight, super heavyweight where you're over three Oh eight and you don't really care what your body looks like, then eat all you want. If you want to be more, um, if you want to be more lean and you want to get more bang for your buck when it comes to body weight, then the lower weight classes and eating cleaner is the way to go. Right. All right. And, and, and all your exercises are geared around maxing your bench, maximizing your they, bench. They were. Like, I'm, I'm, I've taken some time off now. Let my body heal up. I, I, I tweaked my pec in that last attempt. Um, but I'll, I'll be back at it. I don't know that I'll ever compete again, but. Will you you get above 570 one day or is that your hope? I don't know. Part of me is like, let me just keep trying for six. But then you see all like the the major injuries that happened to famous power lifters across the country, a torn pec here. And you're just like, "Mm, I don't ever want to miss that. I'm good. (laughs) I'll I'll ride it out. I'll sit on my record for a couple of years. I'll I'll enjoy my my numbers and my videos because if there's no video, it's did it ever happen. So, well, (laughs) yeah, you're going to tear your pec and then your two young kids are going to want to jump on you and stuff like that, which which makes life a little more difficult. I I think my goals now are to lean out a little bit, be able to tie my shoes with both feet and uh, like just be mobile again because there were – it was a struggle being that big, man. It was it was frustrating yeah. at times. So, so less chocolate milk now and, and not as much Burger King, right? Correct. All Correct. right. <laughs> well, hey, Kevin, uh, I appreciate you coming on. It's been it's been great um, uh, talking football with you and and and, and weightlifting as yeah, well. So, sure. uh, uh, so best of luck to you uh, as the season goes on here. Uh, Thank uh, you. Every game is important, and we wish you well against Middletown and against everyone else um, going forward. That's uh, Kevin Perry, a Frederick High football coach. And uh, my thanks to producer Graham Cullen and for all of you uh, for tuning in to The Final Score. Uh, Again, very happy uh, to be back uh, doing the podcast. And uh, we'll be back again with another episode next week. So until then, folks, take care. See ya.